to Constant Smiles. What's up, everybody? This is Rich Constantine with another episode of the Constant Smiles podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Elijah Desmond, and our guest today, Orlando Bowen. How are you guys doing? Woohoo! Excellent. Rich, how you doing? Good, man. Happy to have you. Honored to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first off, I'm going to give you my version of Orlando before I before I read out the Orlando bio. So come on, let the people let the people know, Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to a dental. I went to a, a, a conference, not dental. I went to a, a, a conference called National Speaker Association in Orlando. Um, was one of many speakers that I heard. And it takes a lot to impress me. Um, but when he got to the stage, his story as a speaker, the way he spoke, everything about him, I'm like, this man is by far the best speaker that I've heard the entire conference. Wow. So as I'm sitting as I'm sitting in the audience, and mind you, these are all professional speakers that go to NSA. Like these are... He's on the stage with what was it, uh, Richard Maxwell or John Maxwell, Vern Harnish, Harnish, like big giant name people. He was the best speaker, so I sent him a, a message on IG, thinking this man ain't gonna respond. Fair enough, got I got I got got a response, and uh, you know his story is just extremely uh, amazing. Um, what I got out of his story was a story of forgiveness and inspiration. And um, if you if you don't know Orlando. You're going to get to know him a little bit more after this podcast for all of our viewers. Um, but, but his professional bio is Orlando's mission is to inspire people to become game changers in lives of others. He is a formal pro football player whose career was cut short due to an assault by two armed men, one of whom was charged and sentenced to multiple years in prison as a sign of his character Orlando publicly forgave his attackers and works to inspire people to see the humanity in each other and then to stand for that humanity. Now, the crazy thing is there's a whole bunch of missing things in that bio that I think he intentionally leaves out about who the attackers were and how the whole thing went down. I mean, there's a whole bunch. Can you just really quickly, you know what? Just really quickly, give it like a one minute version of what happens if people actually know. I know it's going to be real hard for you to do that. You're on stage for an hour giving a keynote, but your story is so compelling. Let let, let the world know quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, Elijah, Elijah, I appreciate you. Appreciate your leadership. Appreciate how you you show up for people. And uh, thank you for the honor of serving alongside you in this capacity. Um, you know, I was 26 years old, married to a, a, an award-winning educator who happens to be a hottie. We had a one-year-old son. We had one on the way. And um, I was doing, I was very active in community, uh, working with police services, training them in racial sensitivity, going into schools, equipping young people to stand up for the right thing. I was working with homeless youth, newcomer families, just doing what I could to serve. And I was also, you know, playing professional football and signed a contract extension, was about to go out and celebrate that extension. And while in a parking lot waiting for my teammates to arrive, um, I was approached by two armed men who, you know, came up on me. One threatened to shoot me in the head. They attacked me. They beat me till the skin on my head split. And I remember being in a space where I was just like, I can't believe this is how I'm going to die. And I remember crying out like, God, don't let me die like this. I got so much in me to give, God. Like, 
not like this. Um, the assault ended my football career, but Elijah, to your point, the bigger challenge was that the assault happened at the hands of two corrupt undercover police officers who happened to work for the police force that I was the spokesperson of. The same force that I trained in racial sensitivity, the same force I went into schools with their officers. And when they realized that I was that guy, I was their face, a huge cover-up began where they took me to jail, they planted drugs up by my car, they did you know, all that they could to cover it up. Um, yeah, so this took us on this crazy journey where I was now you know, going from being a pro athlete and doing acting and doing work in community to now facing jail time and not being able to work. And, uh, you know, it's only by, uh, you know, God's grace that I'm still here and, um, you know, have this opportunity to share and pour in. I, I, I was acquitted. One of the officers was, was eventually convicted and sentenced to go to prison. I wrote a letter of gratitude to them um, in which I, I stated that we're on the same team. Right. And, and I know a lot of the times people draw a line in the sand and say, this is us over here and that's them. But in those instances, Elijah, we all lose. Right. So, so there's no us and them. There's only us. And I do, that's what drives me when I speak corporately, when I speak to teams about coming together and using all that you have, all that is you, your lived experiences, your passions, your talents, your gifts, so that we could collectively be better tomorrow than we are today. Thank you. Uh, and look, now imagine a, a our version of that. <laughs> Listen, and, and, and I don't know how much you know about Rich or not, but Rich is is, is also a, a, a social celeb and maybe the Steve Harvey and this and that and best personality in the world. I knew he could be a great speaker. When he got on stage, Rich has got like your caliber of speaking, no joke. That's what's up. Legit. He's a ridiculously good speaker. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so awesome story. And we usually, we get to know people through music, right? And, and your, your song uh, that, that you had was, we're, we're going to do one of the songs is, and, and, and Rich is the, the old school guy. We yeah, I want to hear Rich's song. Actually, not a, you know, but <laughs> no, he's got, no, Rich has this great energy about him, man. And like, <laughs> he's like, real, like, he's like a real dude. You know, sometimes you get in spaces and folks, you know, you could tell, you could tell, you know, in community, they say real recognizes real. Rich is one of those guys, man. Very real demeanor, genuine, wants to help people. That comes across, even just having a brief conversation with him. So I'm grateful. I want to hear Rich's song, but you can go ahead and play mine. But I want to hear Rich's song at some point. <laughs> okay. It's about okay. you today, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, 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 is, here is yours. Let's, let's get this. Let's get let's get yours queued up. And Rich, if you want to pop me over your song, you can pop me over yours if you want. I mean, you got a you got called out right there. So, so I don't you have can, one on deck, man. Oh, <laughs> come on, you always got to go We can do it offline, Rich. It's all yeah, yeah. We'll do it offline. <laughs> we can connect. We can do it offline. A absolutely. <laughs> Orlando, I don't know if you realize this, but but. I actually went and got trained and I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur, but love music. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting trained at the scratch Academy to be a DJ. For real. Yes. For real. Huh? That's what's up, man. Cause that's how much I love music. I'm with you. <laughs> Rich, did you ever end up going by the way? I know we were talking about going and getting a mix table. Did you, did you end up? No, dude. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, we, me and Rich were talking about a year ago. We were talking about battling. And uh, oh, he was gonna—he was gonna learn to—he <laughs> was gonna learn to do his that's thing. 
<laughs> learn to do his thing. So cool. All right. Well, let's let's get into some questions and uh, and get this get this thing kicked off. Get this thing kicked off. I'll let you kick it off, Rich. So Orlando, we we normally start off, you know, talking about some lifestyle questions, but your your story is so interesting. And one of the things we've touched on in all of our episodes that we think is very important is uh, a lot of our guests that we have on are very um, into physical health and they understand diet and exercise and everything. But there's so many people that um, don't understand the importance of mental health and mental mental exercise. Yes. And going through something like that you went through, it really takes a lot to have the mindset to get through those things. And and sometimes it, you know, even if your faith is very strong, it takes other things to uh, that you need to to practice daily to be able to to get through tough times. So what are, what are some of the things that you do and that you've done throughout your life, especially since that event happened? that helps you to stay in the present and not focus on past events or worrying about the future. Rich, I love that, man. Thank you for that. This is, you know, one of the things that um, I, I think about uh, is, is, you know, as a, as an athlete, as a football player, I played linebacker, uh, greatest position on the field. I played <laughs> linebacker. And um, so my job was to tackle people, slam them down, you know, and then whisper words of encouragement to them so they could get back up. So I could <laughs> again, right. So, one of the things, though, that that was uh, I remember um, a time where I uh, I had studied the opponent. I had that they did everything that they did on film. They went exactly where they went on film. And so in my mind, I this was a movie I had played over and over again. I'm going to position myself to make the tackle. I get them lined up, and as soon as I'm about to make contact, they did a stutter step and and did this you know quick turn of the hips. I flew past a missed tackle, came off the sidelines, <laughs> and for the first and only time, I took my helmet off, Rich, and I was about to slam my helmet down, and I turned to my teammate, and I was like, Yo, I can't believe I missed that tackle, man. Everything, like, I had, I had him lined up, I was about to, you know, to run through him, and my teammate looked at me, and he says, Orlando, he actually said Bo, my nickname is Bo, so he says, Bo, the most important player this game is the next play. You can't control that, right? And Funny enough, like that hit me in that moment and it has never left. You can't control what has happened in the past, but you have all you have is this moment and what you do next. Right. So when things happen, part of it is a fortification process in terms of what are the words that you say to yourself on a daily basis? What do you say to yourself when things don't go right? Um, but but in addition to that, recognizing that you can't change what's happened but you could take energy from what's happened and channel it into what's right in front of you. When we think about things that have allowed us to weather that storm, because it was a crazy storm, unbelievable storm. Um, what comes to mind is, uh, you know, uh, James Stockdale, um, who was, you know, uh, there's something known as the Stockdale paradox. He was a um, prisoner of war for years in, in Vietnam. And when he came back, like he went through a lot and came back and he had all his faculties and people were like, how did you survive? How did you? And he said, I had an unwavering faith that I would make it through and then committed myself to having being present with whatever I was faced with on that day. Right. So some of the optimists, the folks were like, oh, we'll be we'll be saved by December, by Christmas. I dreamt it. And then when Christmas came and they weren't saved, they gave up. Right. And a lot of them, their bodies gave up. Then you had the pessimists who are like, we're, we're going to die anyways. And they gave up. 
right? But then, so the ability to hold this unwavering belief that things are going to be better while still being able to deal with the present challenge was critical for me and something that, that I embraced throughout our, our journey. Wow. That's awesome, man. Do you have a mantra that you repeat to yourself? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I just talk about the most important play is the next play. It's the next play, man. Gotcha. Take a deep breath. It doesn't matter if what happened was good, bad, whatever. You take a deep breath so that you can be fully present for the next play. This is the most important play of the game. I think, um, real quick, I just I just thought of this. Uh, we might have played against each other in college. For real. You went to Northern Illinois, right? I did. Where'd you go to school? Ohio University. Did you? For real? Yeah. So I played linebacker, too. Did you okay. play with- did you play uh, when Michael LeBurner Turner played? He was right after I graduated in 2000. Oh, okay. So I was, I was coming in right as you were going out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. what's up, man. We would have <laughs> definitely butt heads on specialty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. I knew there was a deeper connection. I knew it. I knew it. And he played on the right side of the ball. Go ahead. Go ahead. He just played at the wrong Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> or the wrong Ohio, I should say. Oh, oh, so, okay. so Orlando, um, I want to say before COVID hit and then during COVID, tell us about how you kept a work and family balance or what that looked like or if you even had one before COVID and then during. Like with speaker and being on the road, this and that. Yeah, listen, um, it was, it was, I used to talk about trying to establish a work life, work family balance, but there's no balance, man. It's only compromise. Um, because once you spend time here, you can't get it back. My wife and I have three boys, um, you know, they're teenagers, 17, 16, 14. I was mentioning to you both before the show that uh, our eldest is going off to the Ohio State University and on a cross scholarship. Time flies, man. Um, and that was one of my challenges, right? Because when you're on the road, you go to do a speaking engagement. It's like two and a half days. You got to fly out there the day before. Then you speak and then you try to, I would try to get home that night so I could have dinner with the family or at least tuck the boys in. Um, but it didn't always work out that way, right? So it was, it was a challenge that, that tugged at my heartstrings in terms of just being a dad and being present because that was another thing that I battled with in our family uh, genealogy. Um, I just wanted to be present. So even though I was doing things to try to create things for our family, I was I was struggling with that balance piece. Since COVID, no travel, right? So, you know, at first, it, I know the boys were so excited. They're like, yeah, extra March break. Yeah. Now they're like that. Could, could you please send us to school? Can we... Could we just get out the house, right? So, so now, um, you know, we spend a lot more time than than we did pre-COVID, and you know, even though the circumstances that have allowed for that is a challenge, it's a gift that we w- we won't ever be able to to get back again. This time that you have, you know, and how you pour in, and I know you guys both pour into people. You don't like once you have that opportunity, um, and, and you seize it. You, you, we don't even know what that might mean for that person in that moment and how they move forward. When we miss those opportunities, they're gone forever. 
So COVID has been a blessing in that way, even though it's been challenging. And I know a lot of people have lost, lost lives, lost jobs, lost, you know, perspective. Um, but in the midst of all that, there are things that we celebrate and being able to spend more time with the family is one of those. That's awesome. You know, as a, as a speaker myself, I, I was 10 cities every single month international. Mm-hmm. And my daughter was turning four years old. And I knew that childhood amnesia would, would stop yeah. at four. So I popped it down to four cities a month. Right. And I did, she's six now, but I did that at, at four years old. Yeah. What was the amount of cities that you were in pre-COVID? Um, I think it would probably be about five to six. Yep. Five to six per month. Now, one of the things is that sometimes we would we would try to book things so that I would just I might be away for a week. Yeah. And come back. Right. Right. So, right. You know. It, it, it's hard. Like it's, it's energizing. You're on stage, you're pouring out and then you go back to the hotel room and, you know, you're in this great space, but the people you care about aren't with you, you know, like family's not with you. They can't enjoy it with you. And to me, that's significant, you know? So, um, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm, I know not everyone is enjoying the, the virtual uh, situation in terms of presentation. I actually really appreciate it uh, because I could still pour out and I could pour out in Las Vegas, take a break, pour out in LA, take a break, and then go have dinner with the family. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, all three of us here, we have, we, we feel like there's so much we want to do and so much help that we can offer others. What, Orlando, do you do? Do you have any things that you do habitually that help you to maintain your focus? Like, do you do visualization or any meditation or things like that on a daily basis? All of the above, sir. <laughs> uh, so the the meditation piece, like in the morning. Mornings are. I'm like a morning guy. Like when things are quiet. I like when things are quiet. I get up. I get my meditation in. I journal. I, I get my workout in. And then I start the date. And usually folks are still asleep by the time I get to the start the date piece. Um, but I love that. It's the time of solitude, time of reflection, time of expression of gratitude, things, you know, three things I'm grateful for, what I'm committed to during the day. Um, then I fortify myself, not just with the language that I use, but in terms of visualizing, what do I have today? How do I, how do I need to show up in a way that could galvanize someone um, to be a game changer for somebody else. So those are things that are, I, th- I think, that are critical to the process, especially in times like this when there's a lot of uncertainty in other places, to, to have like a, a regimen um, that, that we can stick to that f- it fills our bucket so and that we can go out and pour into other people. Absolutely. And do, do you do anything to then uh, close the day at the end? Before you go yeah, to bed. usually. So I have um, my, my parents and sister, they live there in Tampa, Florida. Um, and so every night at 930, we meet on, uh, on Zoom. Wow. Since COVID. I think we've missed like four nights since COVID. Um, and then on Saturdays, we meet at 4, 30, 4 o'clock with a larger family, extended family. And we, we, we talk about philosophy. Uh, we pray. We listen to songs that are uplifting or that give perspective. And that's usually the beginning of the wind down for me. Cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
That's great. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to call these some quick power questions. All right. Come First on. one really quick is you are very inspirational to a lot of people, right? You have athletes, you have students, you have speakers, you have entrepreneurs. If you had one piece of advice to share with people at large, what would it be? Forgiveness is a high performance tool. Wow. Drop that mic. <laughs> Drop that mic. Drop that mic. Um, okay. Next question is we have, you know, Rich happens to be a dentist. I happen to be a dental hygienist turned serial entrepreneur. And we always ask this to our guests. If you were to go on a trip and you forgot all of your oral care things, such as, you know, your mouth wrench, your toothpaste, your floss, your toothbrush, et cetera, what would be one thing you could bring that you didn't forget? You could bring one thing and one thing only. What would it be? Forgot everything else. I'd, I would say my toothbrush. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Your toothbrush. All right. Next thing. If there are two people that you would like to call out to come onto the show and share things about their lifestyle and encouragement for others, who would they be? I would say Scott Stratton, who is the author of, of Unmarketing. Amazing dude. Um, powerful dude. Genuine dude. Um, and then the other I would say is Michael Port that works with speakers, helps people really step into who they are as they prepare to share themselves with the world. Awesome. Man, thanks so much. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the Constant Smiles podcast. Um, we got to definitely talk offline and, and continue to connect. You're just as amazing as I remember on stage. We'll talk soon. And for those of you who are listening, uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, the Spotify channel, etc. Those of you who are listening, come and find us on YouTube. Uh, great energy we had today. And uh, make sure to follow the rest of our, our, our videos as we continue to put them out. Thank you so Constant much. Constant smiles, baby. That's where it's at. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for bringing it, man. Orlando, thanks so much. And thanks to everyone that listened today. Just keep smiling, everybody. Thank you for listening to Constant Smiles. 